Hi, Richie. Hi, Sin. Hi, everyone. Today we have a very special podcast with a very special guest. Yes, it's Mimi. Mimi, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where can people find you on social media? Yes, absolutely. People can find me screaming about Sekido as well as other From Software titles um, on Twitter, lyrical underscore Mimi. And people can find me uh, with multiple guests um, and a more structured screaming about Sekido um, at Sekido Podcast, where we can just scream into the void for an hour about Sekido and how much we love it. Awesome! Uh, now, this episode is special because normally we have animation by Ike, which is the Snack Covenant logo, as well as pixel animation by Holdsworth Hands. But we also have art from two other people, and that's the art of the wet nurse, which you will see featured on the screen. One of the paintings is by Bean. Richie, could you read out where we can find Bean over here? You can find Bean's Twitter at twitter.com slash phalerate, P-H-A-L-E-R-A-T-E. You can also find Bean on our episode about Nicolash. And Bean's Twitter contains links to her Redbubble store where you can buy stuff. Mm-hmm. And the other paintings is by Redler Red. And where can we find Redler Red, Richie? Redler Red can be found at Redler Red, which is R-E-D-L-E-R-R-E-D-7, that's the numeral 7, dot tumblr.com. Great. Excellent. Yay. Yay. High five, guys. But actually, Mimi is also um, artistic, aren't you, Mimi? Oh, yes. I do the song and I do the dance and I do the... (laughs) the instruments (laughs) why are we bringing this up sin i don't know maybe there's gonna be an episode about it down the road i don't know who knows who knows the future is this about the the imaginary instrument from the princess link game yes (laughs) yes because i said i sent him a screenshot of what you said and i i'm pretty sure i was like i love sin so much like i just love her like it was so good because i was just like this is the best conversation I've had all day. Um, <laughs> yes, it is about the Princess Link instrument. I have a physical replica of the Ocarina of Time, and I'm just going to have to make sure my microphone can handle the sound correctly because it's a very airy sound. So I don't want it just to sound like someone blowing wind and farting against the mic. <laughs> but the weird thing is, this doesn't sound like a Snack Covenant episode, so I wonder what we're going to do. Hmm. I'm very worried. What is a wet nurse? IRL. Who do you want to answer? I will point at the person who who speaks first. Go. Okay, thank you. I'm pointing. What's happening? I'm pointing, Mimi. Are you pointing at me? Yes. Okay. Well, a wet nurse is basically just a a woman who, uh, when a mother can't be there for, um, you know, whatever reason, whether it was, you know, a noble, someone of the monarchy where they had other duties to attend, um, they breastfeed the child when uh, they cannot. The true mother cannot. Mm -hmm. Richard, do you have anything to add? Uh, Nope. 
that's exactly what it is. And that seems to be the role that it's playing in game because Queen Yarnum is not there. So let me ask you guys something. Did you know what a wet nurse was before you played Bloodborne? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't know. Not, not, on, not only... <laughs> Not not only that, but like when I first got to Murgo's wet nurse, like a friend was over and we got there and he's like, but she doesn't even have tits. Like really loudly. Oh my god, that's what I said. That's literally what I said. I was just like, but where her titty though? <laughs> so this is like more of a general question. Who is Murgo's wet nurse? So Murgo's wetness is something that is massively confusing in-game. From what you can sort of piece together, what's happening is Mikolash and Mensis, they kidnapped Murgo. They're trying to offer Murgo to Cos to say, hey, Cos, you've got a baby here. Come back, please. We're sorry. And <laughs> Baby, come back. The Yes. <laughs> and the the wet nurse, Murgo's wet nurse, is just the name of this thing that seems to be guarding Murgo. Because Murgo has been stolen from his mother, so the creature guarding him is referred to as Murgo's wet nurse. And I'm just trying to look up what her trophy says. It says it just says defeated the great one Murgo's wet nurse, but that's that's gonna lead us down a long and confusing path. So, technically speaking, she's a great one. That's so on the trophy right here, Mimi, what do you think? Is the wet nurse a great one? Uh, I think she is. I mean, a lot of different... Um, I mean, you could say because like she exists in a, you know, that sort of weird uh, space uh, between dreams and reality... Um, just like uh, the amygdala boss, uh, that she she could be. I mean, that's it's just kind of like been cited that because these sort of um, these other uh, mo- you know not necessarily monsters, these other quote unquote lesser great ones didn't uh, ascend to like a higher plane of reality. Like that, they're not technically great ones, but the things that are in these planes of reality are. So technically, it could be applied that way, but at the same time, like, it's, I guess because it just fits with this, like, monstrous theme of, like, she doesn't even, like, have a form, does she? She just kind of, like, like, she doesn't really have anything underneath. Yeah, yeah. But, like, at the same time, she could very well just be um, something else entirely, which I'm not quite sure how to label at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, why is there, like, a hesitation about the wet nurse being a great one? Because, like, the the trophies play pretty fast and loose with the term great one. Because it's applied to things like Celestial Emissary and ROM, which, as far as, like, the in-game stuff is concerned, like, aren't great ones. They're, like, something on the path to becoming a great one. Mm-hmm. Because they were human at one point, I think it's because they were human that they cannot be a true great one. They're kin. They're kin, right? No, no. It's it's yeah. Because the idea is like this kin of the cosmos, which is an intermediate stage. Mm. And the game's pretty clear that like Ro- like Rom is like the vacuous Rom because she's not enlightened enough. She's mm-hmm. not a true great one, but the trophy still calls her one. Mm-hmm. So. Because we talked about this during uh, all the screams that followed, that the term great one 
could encompass just like special beings, no? It 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 could. But if Rom were a successful great one, then like most of the game wouldn't have happened. Because they would have said, okay, we figured it out. I feel like this whole conversation is a podcast for another day because I take issue with you calling Rom a not successful great one. Well, I... I uh... Stop, criminal. You violate the law. Richie's <laughs> <laughs> a criminal. Oh, he is. He's a bully and a criminal. Now he's building Rome by saying she's not a true great one. Oh, Rome, you're not a successful great one. Signed, sincerely, yours truly, Richard Pilbeam. He, he, he didn't sign the, the, the letter. He just wiped his ass on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that picture. It just says, Dear Rom, and it's a picture of a butt. <laughs> <laughs> well it's just like i guess you could say like because and i guess there's just some so much muddling of the of the great one definition because you can you can absolutely say because they ascended to a higher plane yeah. that they they only and they only exist in that plane that okay they are yeah. a great one but what the like didn't cause exist in the real world at one point yeah cause Cause we presume cause could go back and forth because of the ocean. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, true. Oh, you're right. Okay. I guess. I guess because. I guess because she's um, cement. I wonder if because here's a, an interesting point. Like they're a great one because they they've ascended. Are they even greater if they can travel between both? Like both the the like all planes of reality. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have like like they they do appear to be sort of grades of great one. Because when Mensas find the brain, they're like, okay, this is this is a great one, but it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the picture. It's like it's like the picture of the guy with the butterfly. It says, "Is this a pigeon? Is this a great one?" <laughs> okay. Thank you. So I guess. There's no consensus well, on whether. I or guess not if the brain qualifies, then like Rom can qualify as well. But I take I take issue with that comparison too, because now Rich is bullying the brain of Mensis. Like, oh well, if the brain of Mensis is a great one, I guess anything is a great one now. <laughs> the brain of Mensis is literally the only great one that actually talks to us. All the other great ones ignore us or want to kill us, and the brain of Mensis is like, okay, make contact, here you go, good yeah, luck. Yeah, but only if you do, like, the, the secret fucking handshake, <laughs> like, passed down through the generations. <laughs> okay, there's, there's another point to this that makes it even more confusing, which is that Mikolash is trying to summon a great one, right? That's the whole purpose of his ritual. But when you get there, he doesn't think one has shown up yet. He's also lost his fucking marbles. And maybe the fact that he's seen a great one, more than one, and um, as well as whatever the hell is dancing in his mind right now, like the, the like, 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 think of Mikolash's brain as like a Dairy Queen blizzard that when you turn it upside <laughs> down, it falls out. So, he's gonna, he's gonna need another blizzard. So, 
Um, you co- you have come to give him his blizzard. Um, he he rejects it, throws the blizzard at you back at your face, and calls you an asshole. <laughs> Is this based on personal experience? So. <laughs> I've never worked at Dairy Queen. <laughs> so, um, let's just say, like, just because he's just very, he's, like, totally fucked right now, in the, especially in the head, um, that perhaps he just doesn't recollect it because maybe his brain is just going, mm, you didn't see that, it's too much. You didn't see that. Yeah, well, Mimi has a point because remember the gravekeeper yeah. and the password keeper? Uh, they both went mad after being confronted with the Eldritch yeah. Truth in the labyrinth, I think. Maybe Mikolash did see the wet nurse, and he went mad. Okay. Maybe he's totally, like, chill usually, but we encountered him right after he saw the wet nurse, so he's just like, oh, <laughs> you know? So, you, hang on, you think you think that, that the guy who orchestrated all of this is usually chill? Yeah. No, Sin, that's no, he's not, no, incorrect. <laughs> no, Sin, like, he can just, he could tie his shoelaces back in the day. Okay. <laughs> it just, like, seeing a great one just cranked it up, cranked that up to, like, the max. Like, it broke, it broke it, or, like, broke him in half, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? He wears that cage that's supposed to amplify his communication with the cosmos or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. The Wi-Fi repair. <laughs> Maybe if you meet a great one while you're wearing it, that's, like, way intense. Well, yeah, because there's all those, those corpses everywhere that have the things on. I guess it is more intense. It's like 3D glasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. 3D glasses when you're, like, three years old. <laughs> Oh my god, it's Dougal! <laughs> what? <laughs> I like how Richie left first, because he knows. <laughs> Richie. <laughs> do, Sin, do you know what Dougal is? I have no idea what Dougal is. Okay, Dougal, it came out in 2006, and it was just this garbage animated movie um, <laughs> that faded into obscurity, and of course... Fucking Richie would know it. She's Butch Hartman was an executive producer, and uh, someone named Jill Sinclair was an executive producer. Is there anything you want to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, so let's talk about the location of the wet nurse. Where is she? Um, she is. All the way at the top of Mirko's Loft. It's like basically Rockabye Baby, but like terrifying. Like, cause she's all the way up there. And uh, if the bow breaks, uh, Mirko's wet nurse will fuck your shit up. <laughs> so, I mean, she's in that little um, little arena, Mirko's, uh, Mirko's Loft, which is uh, where the baby sleeps. Um, but you came to, you came to, to, uh, kick names and take ass, so uh, Mer- she has to stop you. Uh, so that's uh, that's about where she is. She's at the very tippy top of uh, the, the nightmare. Yeah, specifically, I think it's Wet called... Witnesses Lunarium. Oh, that's so cool! Mmm! That's nice. I live yeah. there. Uh, it's interesting, because Master Willem also has a Lunarium. 
Yeah, it's the same uh, Japanese word. Tsukimi. Okay, and uh, do you have any theories on how you think she got to the Lunarium? She climbed the stairs. <laughs> Just rang the doorbell, climbed the yeah, stairs. Yeah, she said, she said, hey, I'm your babysitter. I'm here. <laughs> Could it be that she, like, totally materialized? Um, either that or she was summoned. Just very strange circumstances as to why she's there watching the baby. I wonder who sent her. Who sent, who do you think sent her, Richie? There's all those like mummified mensis corpses outside. Mm -hmm. So presumably like Mm -hmm. they were there when she showed up and that's why they're all fried. Why are they mummified within the dream or nightmare? Because they would have like just gone into the nightmare and kept the ritual going and then died during it. Mm. I think like what what sort of um this is something that that confused a lot of people when the game first came out about like exactly what the timeline of the Mensa stuff is because people thought that like when you like that red moon ritual in Yahagol like that's the beginning of them going to the nightmare and you arrive basically like just after they did and there's some inception style like time moves faster in the dream thing so they've had time to do other stuff but like it's i think pretty clear from like looking at all the stuff that mensis is supposed to have been in the nightmare for a very very long time and it's actually Mm -hmm. the the red moon was just stopping them going back and forth so like half of them were stuck in the nightmare of mensis for like however long and it's only with the Red Moon's appearance that they're able to, like, freely come and go again. So Mikolash is, like, the implication is he has been in the Nightmare and he's been going back and forth from the Nightmare for a really long time. So it's possible that, like, the Mensis members have been were there, like, for, I don't know, years ago or something. hmm Yeah. So let me ask you guys. Um, is it possible that the wet nurse arrives for the first time the moment you go in the arena because she sort of descends from the sky you know maybe you got there at like the same exact time like it's intense i always thought that she was like (laughs) she's like a little crow like just because she's (laughs) she's just hanging out uh like perched somewhere and she sees you i'm sure she could see you coming from a mile (laughs) away because it's a pretty open layout, so I'm sure mm-hmm. she she could be perched somewhere watching it. That would have been a cool, uh, cool feature if, like, they, I mean, probably make the game lag like shit, but, um, <laughs> like, her, like, following you on your way up, like, you could see her, like, in the yeah. distance or higher up, just, mm-hmm. like, watching you. Like an amygdala. Yeah. 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 Well, okay, she she might kind of be watching you, but we'll get to that, because there's another question later in the document. Um, and the next question has to do with Mergo. So why don't we just briefly talk about who's Mergo? Mergo is the, um, is the child of Queen Yarnum that was so thoughtfully, uh, ripped from her stomach and put in the daycare from hell, um, where the, uh, daycare manager is a crackhead and, um, (laughs) And the um, the teacher's really nice, but also, like, doesn't let any of the kids have fun. So, um, 
yeah, no, Mergo is the little great one that uh, helped the ritual move, the Mensis ritual move along. Aww. The main catalyst of the, the, the Lamentis ritual and my little baby child. Oh, <gasps> baby Mergo, baby Mergo, <sighs> sitting in a carriage, baby Mergo. Thank you. Okay. 100% clap. Clap. Clap for her. Richie, you better clap the clap. I'll come over there. (laughs) Okay. Is that Richie clapping sarcastically? (laughs) That was me, actually. That was just me being being an asshole. Please continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like how it's someone being mean and you automatically assumed it was Richie. Perfect. I can get away with murder at this point. <laughs> Richie, is that you stabbing me in the chest? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, it's me. me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, so, now that we know who Marigo is, why is the wet nurse there? <sighs> Hmm. So, do you want me to to be Redgrave in spirit? We found out canonically recently that Redgrave is Team Sin, so yes, please. Yeah, okay. So, back when Bloodborne first came out and we didn't understand, like, we didn't know what Cos was supposed to be, right? Because there was no DLC. I just sort of assumed the wetness was cause. Because she's beckoning to something called cause and this thing appears. I'm like, okay, I guess that must be cause. And like Mergo's wetness is the title for it. In the same way that like the moon presence is called Flora, but also the moon presence. But um, Redgrave's thing was that like he saw the wetness as like Mergo's sort of defense mechanism that like Mergo had created this thing to protect him from whoever was trying to harm him because he's a child of a great one. So he's like super powerful. And that sort of like does make sense because Mergo's wetness basically looks like a gigantic shadow of Yarnum. If you sort of like look like it's the same sort of hooded black silhouette. Mm-hmm. And since the shadows of Yarnum are the servants of Queen Yarnum, it kind of makes sense that the um, the wet nurse would be the servant of either Queen Yarnum or Murgo. And yeah, you you find like the the shadows of Yarnum outside of where like the arena is and everything. So it was like, okay, maybe this is just a really big shadow of Yarnum. Mm-hmm. So, what is the wet nurse's end game? What is she trying to accomplish? I don't really think there is an end game almost. It's almost just like um just pigeon she's just pigeonholed into the role of protector and making sure this great great one baby isn't going to get murdered. Um it's almost I would say it's pretty much robotic where it's like there's no end game beside or there's more of like a, a an objective rather than an end game um of objective like Make sure the baby doesn't die. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty simple stuff. Um, so it's almost robotic, I guess. Just, it's just, 
that's you just gotta make sure he doesn't doesn't die. Yeah, yeah. Like it, depending on whether you think um, Murgo's working for Murgo or not. The purpose of Murgo's wetness is just to protect Murgo until, depending on who you think Murgo's wetness is working for, either Queen Yarnum shows up or Cos shows up. Sorry, say it again, Richard? The wetness is, like, depending on whether you think the wetness is guarding Murgo for Queen Yarnum or guarding Murgo for Cos. Is just going to look after mm-hmm. Murgo until either Queen Yarnum or Cos shows up. Okay, but could it be that the wet nurse was passing by and she's like, oh my god, baby, I'll help you. So she's just there to help the baby and she's not really guarding it for anyone. She's just like, no, it's my baby now. What? Well, why would she do that? Well, because she saw a cute baby being alone in like a weird tower and she's like, I'll save you, baby. And are you, like, trying to enact, like, something that you wish would happen to you? You hear a baby crying in a tower somewhere, and you go up, and, and there's a baby there, and you're like, oh, my baby now. <laughs> Only if it's baby, baby Yoda. Yoda. or Lambo, yeah. Oh, God. No, just baby Yoda. I'm good. We're good. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I mean, absolutely the protective mother, inst- like, the protective motherly instinct is there. Um but that's all there is to it. And there's no, like if Mer- whatever happens to Murgo, as long as it doesn't get murdered. Right. Like then the job is done. Like that's, a, that's all she's there to do for the most part. So are you guys implying that the wet nurse is like acquainted with either cause or like, um, Yarnum? Well, she's called the wet nurse, which implies that, like, she's looking after the kid until the, like, because the mother is doing something else and she will eventually, like, she's working for the mother. It just depends on, yeah, on, on which mother you think it is. Not necessarily. It could be like, okay, it could be like, well, maybe the wet nurse feels like. Margo doesn't have a mother. I just found him. Like maybe she's like he, she thinks like he's abandoned or something. So she's called the wet nurse for now. But then if we don't kill her, maybe she just takes him and like flies away with him. Yeah. Why hasn't she done that before? Yeah, I was gonna say. How long has what is she just gonna like wait like freaking fifty years for like you know the mom to show up? Wow, it's a really long time away for mom to show up. Maybe uh, the red. Moon, rum, I don't know, block, ritual, oh, it's hard to leave. <laughs> she's sitting there, and he's like, oh, red, red, red moon, it's hard to leave. Red moon bad, red moon bad. <laughs> red moon bad, hunters bad, destroy hunters. What? We'll explain Monster Factory to you later. Okay, thank you. Must, pr- must protect baby. Hunter bad, must kill hunter. Hunter bad, must destroy Hunter. But, like, what would happen if, like, the Mensis lads decided to to come up for, like, a good old, good old party with, uh, with Murgo's wet nurse? Well, I think they did, and that's why their corpses are lying around. What if they just had a little too many Japanese slippers, and the wet nurse had nothing to do with the mummifying? <laughs> they party too hard! They party too hard. <laughs> Thank you. 
Let's talk a bit about the cut content of Bloodborne in relation to the wet nurse. And the cut content has to do with Yosefka's clinic. Richie, since you're a cut content expert, could you elaborate on that subject? Why certainly, Sin. Nogo's wet nurse always seemed like a bit of a weird final boss for the game. Just sort of showed up, didn't really make aesthetic sense. Mm-hmm. And um, so even at the time, we were like, uh, was this meant to be something else? And it turned out that, like, yeah, probably was. So um, there's a, an awful lot of removed stuff around the wet nurse. So, like, the the wet nurse's name internally is, um, it's like, lesser demon of death and darkness. And the shadows of Yarnum are internally called, like, Darkness Brigade. So presumably the fact that they look similar, that's because like when they were designed, they were going to actually be like on the same team. They were going to be like the servants of the whatever the wetness was at that time. And the spider people are also called like devotee of death and darkness. So like the spider people presumably were also involved with the, whatever the wetness was. And from what we can tell, the wetness was a mid-game boss initially would have been like an optional boss and it would have been available after you got to Forbidden Woods. There's also a removed character who was like the original version of Yosefka, like the the woman who would look after you when you first woke up in Yarnum. And she's a completely different character. She's like a she's like a sort of hunched over old sort of like witch, kind of like the witches in the Chalice Dungeons. But when you look at her, like, right away, you think she's, like, a mini wet nurse. Yeah, she's wearing basically what the wet nurse is wearing. She's wearing the same kind of shawl with the same, like, it looks the same. It's got the same charms hanging from it and everything. So, based on the fact that you get back into the clinic through Forbidden Woods and that the the boss fight seems to have taken place at that point in the game, we're thinking that you probably went back to the clinic and then something happened and you fought the wet nurse demon there. And um, yeah, and like the actual boss of of at that point was was Ibriatus, who at this point was the actual boss. Of- Sorry, so th- say that again, Richard. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So and the actual like the boss where we fight the witness now, the like climax boss in Mensis was going to be Ibriatus, who was at that point called Cos. So that's why like Mikolash was beckoning Cos, and then like Cos would show up, but at this point, Cos was Ibriatus. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting. Like, I don't know if it has anything to do with anything, but you know how before fighting the wet nurse, you find um, Josefka's blood vial? In a yeah, 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 yeah. But if you kind of look at it like retrospectively, knowing all this stuff, uh, it kind of makes sense if... Um, you think that the wet nurse is like a version of the Yosefka, which you encountered in the cut content. It's an in-joke that the developers put there that we then got like five years later. Yeah. There's a certain thing that's going around with the music box and the wet nurse. Could you explain what's happening there? Why, certainly, Sin. <laughs> So there, there is a, this is like partially true. 
If you lock onto Mergo's wetness and use the music box, she sometimes sidesteps. Like she takes a little step to the side. And there was a theory that, like, oh, that's because the music box is playing Lullaby for Mergo. So there's some kind of connection between the wetness and the music box, and it's like Miyazaki's five-dimensional chess. <laughs> but um, from what I can tell, having, like, researched it, um, the music box is actually, like, this sounds weird, but it's intuitive when you think about it. The music box is technically a form of projectile attack. Because what it does is it, it fires out this, like, invisible projectile that hits Gascoigne and, like, triggers him to, like, grab his head. Right. So, and you can... T- this Gascoigne's actually not the only thing it will affect. If you go into the dungeons and you use the music box, it will hit the bells as though you've, like, hit the bell with a projectile. So I'm pretty sure all that's going on with that is that the wet nurse is... Like, the AI just detects that you're using a projectile attack, and it tries to dodge it. Because it will also dodge, like, knives, it will dodge um, uh, pebbles, it will dodge, like, bullets. So, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like it's a deliberate thing. It looks like it's just it just does that to every kind of projectile attack. Okay. Thank you, Richie. And uh, another, I guess, last thing for this part is that some people report, like, Viola's body disappearing in the game at some point. But from as far as I know, it's some sort of a glitch. Um, I've not had it disappear. If it does disappear, it's probably a glitch. I've never had it disappear either, but I heard um, it happened to other people. It's to do with your blood tendency. Why would you say that? Why would you? Why would you stress? Why would you stress me and your listeners out by 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 bringing up those those like redacted? Like, please don't just. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks right now, and I just, I remember crying myself into a coma thinking about it. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. So now let's move on to some questions we got on Discord. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this document is separated into several sections with the questions. So this is some general stuff about the wet nurse. Okay. Uh, Skip Floyd had a question. Um, and Richie, could you read out the question? You mentioned in a previous video, referring to Sin and her wetness video that like got bafflingly popular and we're not sure what happened. It's the video that actually proves that my channel did have good content and you ruined it, sir. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but go on. You mentioned in a previous video, bracket 70k views, that... <laughs> We're like 500 subscribers off that, so they might be listening. So they'll be like, I'm sorry, but this is what channels actually like. Um, the witness may have been a creation of the School of Mensis, but how could humans create a great one? The witness bleeds red like Amygdala and Orphan of Cos, and not the clear blue serum that Kin of the Cosmos bleed suggesting that she truly is a great So did the school of men suspect in the wet nurse and then try to have audience with a great one, or was the wet nurse something they planned to take care of Mergo while trying to have an audience with another great one? And that question was directed at you, Sin. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be honest, the idea for that video came to me from my muse, so I'm not entirely sure what the logic is behind it. Mm-hmm. But... There is a second part that we can answer together. 
Did the school of menses back in the wet nurse, or was the wet nurse something they planned to take care of Mergo? I think they beckoned it by accident. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Maybe that's actually interesting. Maybe they didn't back in it by accident. Maybe they were like, okay, while we're waiting for Kos to show up, we need a great one to take care of Mergo in the meantime. And then it just like didn't really work out. I mean, it happens. You know, you hire someone and it just doesn't really work out. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Mimi? <laughs> Do you have yes. Yes. You called upon me. <laughs> um, In terms of... uh who summoned um Mergo um really did like what Richie talked about where it could have been something created by um Mergo itself Is, isn't that what you said like because it's yeah, like a sh- yeah because it's like a shout you know because it's like basically like a mishmash of all the shadows of Yarnum but bigger um you know it could be very well be that um i guess because it has the in is is Mergo hiding itself, or is you just can't see it? Well, M- okay, Mergo is the third chord, basically. Like Mer- Mergo is long dead. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. There's. We kind of have precedent now because of what happens with Orphan of Cause. Because like Orphan of Cause, like the the boss you fight there, that's not like really the Orphan of Cause. The Orphan of Cause is just like a pile of organs at Bergenworth. Yes. So I guess like the wetness could be a similar thing. It's like a like a form that you know Mergo has created or taken on to defend itself. That's what I think because like I don't know if I wonder if Mensis was just like the ritual succeeds and they were just like shit. We didn't think we'd get this far, <laughs> and um, they don't really have like another plan because <laughs> they're they're in the in the nightmare and. And they're probably like off the shits because like they've absolutely lost their mind with um you know the the monstro you know the monstrosities they've uh, created um and uh, took part in. So let's um let's just say uh, Mergo's wet nurse is uh, just a figment of Mergo's imagination that came to life essentially. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, the next question is by Over the Yarnum Wall. Are the wet nurse's swords shown anywhere else in the game, or are they unique to that encounter? Um, they're not shown anywhere, but there's a theory that, like, because Eileen's swords and German's side made from a metal that fell from the heavens, there's a theory that, like, those are, like, blades from something like the wet nurse. What's it? I forgot. Well, yes, yeah. The thing is, they say siderite, yeah, but siderite's yeah. just an old name for meteoric iron. So they could, like, it could just be totally normal. It could just be they made this from meteoric iron, so which did fall from the heavens. Doesn't have to be magical. But then, like, they they do have they do do arcane. So, and I read somewhere that there are actually swords made from siderite IRL. Yeah, what siderite is is like, um. Before we had very, like, advanced iron smelting capabilities, really the only place you could get absolutely pure iron was inside of, like, meteorites that had fallen out of, like, the sky because they would have an iron core to them. So, like, there's this, um, uh, like, 
mystical sort of significance that's associated with meteoric iron at that point because it's like this is very very strong metal but it fell out of the sky mm-hmm. but it's it's just iron basically okay yeah over the iron wall says oh never mind <laughs> nice thank you sir nice. okay uh richie do you want to read the next question by executioner regis did Murgo's wet nurse, or possibly her superior, create the nightmare, or was it already there and they simply made use of it? What do you think, Mimi? I'm pretty sure that it could literally just be built on nothing. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, it's not like a pre-made asset. I think that um, the structural integrity as well as the um, architecture is just extremely twisted. Um, Yarnum, like, a lot of the structures in Yarnum look like that. I mean, it could literally just be something spawned from the thoughts, you know, the combined thoughts of Mensis, um, where it wasn't even like, it's not, it's not like, it's not like, like pre-made, like, you know, you just got to set it up, glue it together. Like, it's totally fine. Um, I think it was just spawned from the collective memory of all, all who took part in the ritual, honestly. Considering, also considering like the shadows of Yarnum were there, like, yeah. and a couple other, like, Yarnum exclusive monsters like could absolutely be the case where um you know everyone from Mensis just kind of like you know collectively spat that out of their their eye riddled brains but you know <laughs> what do you th- what do you guys think what do you think Richie well we we talked um to Smo Smotown about this when we had him on that like i'm pretty sure what it's getting at is that the nightmare of mensis is like the leftover parts of lauren that went through all this before so like it would be lauren's equivalent of of the hunter's night what's happened is like mikolash through his astral projection has sort of ended up there and the reason it looks like a sort of twisted version of yarnum is that like the whole thing about Bloodborne is that it's this cycle that's happening over and over again. So presumably Lauren, before it collapsed, would look a lot like Yana. So what we're running around in Mensis is like the equivalent of if someone, you know, a thousand years in the future found the Hunter's Nightmare and they were running around like the research hall in there. Like, that's what we're running around. Mm. And like where the brain is would be their equivalent of like the astral clock and like like we talked about how it's it's designed in the same way that like you have the the central column with the large glowing sort of face and then there's like wings either side and then in front of that there's the bridge you have to cross where you can see the the glowing brain in the distance it looks like the clock and yeah also the fact that you come out you come out into the the nightmare via the lecture hall could kind of point to the fact that it is like via the collective astral projection yeah, of every yeah. single uh mental yeah, like, when when you kill Mikolash, he yells like i'm wait he says like i'm waking up i'll forget everything but um it's done in this way that he just sort of sounds annoyed he doesn't sound like he's actually dying so i always read that as like he has been coming and going from this place for a really long time he's like used to to sort of dreaming himself there and then waking up again and he just doesn't realize that like he's dead he doesn't realize that he's a corpse, like in in the waking world. So, this when he thinks he's going to wake up, but he's actually just going to die. 
What do you think, Sin? What do you think? Sin, now, Sin, we've recorded about 200 podcasts. You must have some sort of opinion. I don't know. It could be either way. This is that's the most educated response I've heard all day, Sin. Like, I think we just cap off the podcast right here. Like, I think we know. Like, you've spoken to us in in in, in a few words. A few words could mean so much, um, and you've really touched the hearts and minds of your listeners. And I really don't think we need anything else yeah. to um to 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 go on. With. Like, you guys, you guys. You guys have done it. You've yeah. just fucking achieved the impossible. Sin. I, I mean, if I could shake your hand right now, I would. Thank you for your service to the human race. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maglin Amandel asks, what is Mensa's relationship with the wet nurse? Is she a light to them? Does she do Mikalash's bidding? Or is it the other way around? I feel like we a lot of these questions we covered like at the start. It's fine. Just just cement yeah. your cement yourself right here and say what you gotta say. Alright. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Richie. Um, okay. Okay. I hear okay. you. Okay. okay. Oh, do it. Do it. Getting pumped. Gotta focus. Gotta focus. I think the same thing I thought <laughs> half an hour ago, which is that they beckoned it by accident. Well, they were looking for cars, and then they all fried themselves, and then Mikolash is like, oh, fuck, where's cars? Oops. Aww. Has anyone seen my cars? I seem to have lost my cars. Come back. Yeah, Mikolash's story is, like, super tragic. Um... Don't know if I agree on that one. <laughs> Like yeah, like he's he's kind of horrible. He's kind of a cunt. I mean, yeah, it's not because of the fact that his his boss fights like kind of shit, but mm. um, I I don't. Can you tell me why his story is so tragic to you, Sin? I'm I'm interested to hearing your reasoning. Okay, well, imagine if one day you find out there's a baby Yoda out there, and you find it, and you bring it with you, and you care for it, and you love okay. it. Okay. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, somebody breaks into your house and chases you to death. The, the sin? Or, did you... I think what's happening is Sin wants to kidnap a baby of her own, and she's projecting this onto Nicolette. Sin is trying to tell me that she either wants to be a babysitter, or she wants to, like, be a babysitter, but, like, the first day she just, like, kidnaps the baby. Like... Only if it's Baby Yoda. Sin, baby... You know what? I'm so sorry I have to rain on your parade, but Baby Yoda does not exist. Yeah, that's because he put a little hand on you and cleared your mind so you don't remember. Oh my god. <laughs> she's really hoping she's really hoping that one day baby Yoda will come to her house and, and be her baby. Yes. You know it's just gonna grow up to be like regular Yoda, right? Yeah, but it's gonna take him like five hundred years, I'll be dead by now. No 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 
No, Sin Sin, you'll you'll be like in your like eighties when he's like irritating teenage Yoda. You'll be like an emo goth Yoda kid, like <laughs> shouting like you're not my real mom, I hate you and slamming the door. <laughs> He vapes in the house. Playing Fortnite. But wait, wait, wait. Richie just brought this upon himself. Oh my god. It brought this. It brought this. It brought this. Hello. Hi. It brought this. Hi. By the way, have you met Mimi? Hello, Mimi. Hello, Brutus. Very nice to meet you. Basically, Richie was talking about, like, Baby Yoda, Teenage Baby Yoda, and I got an idea. No, I don't like that guy. <laughs> Nobody does. But do you have any, like, baby pictures or teenage pictures of yourself that I could use as inspiration for Ike's next creation? They're on my Facebook. <laughs> well, Mimi, do you have any questions for this great one? Um... <laughs> you have a secret handshake that you can teach everyone that isn't make contact? Oh, no, I don't have hands. I just have tentacles. Okay. Well, you know what? It's I can hold a mug, that's about it. That's cute. <laughs> What's in the mug that you're holding right now, Eparitis? Uh, it's just some coffee. I take it with milk and sugar. Okay, try not to inject that directly into your veins, okay? Just take it easy on the coffee. I don't have veins either. <laughs> okay, I'm getting the wind up. I'll, uh, I'll head off now. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye, Abruitus. <sighs> okay, bye, Abruitus. I hope not to see you again for a while. <laughs> I could hear the- Richie clench both of his fists. Um, it was. It was- Richard loves Brutus and everybody loves Brutus. Brutus is the best thing to happen to this world. Okay, saying something over and over again doesn't make it true. <laughs> oh, no, does it? No. <laughs> I got that's your response. Oh, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Owned. Wow. This is like you guys are spitting some hot fire up in here. You guys better cool down. Go go dunk your head in some some ice ice water. Okay, but like you said, that okay, Sin, you said that Mikolaj has a tragic story. I'm pretty sure everyone else's story is tragic because of Mikolaj, but well, so, some of them are tragic because of Lawrence. Oh, that tra- that's it's yeah. like yeah, L- Lawrence Lawrence ruined everything, and then Mikolaj like took up the baton and continued to ruin things in his absence. I'm going to I'm going to turn into a recycled boss now, Mikolash. Make sure that you turn into the worst boss in the game, Mikolash. Don't let me down. I'm handing off the baton to you. I clear a beast scream, but I don't want to like wake up everyone in the house. <laughs> tiny cleric beast. <gasps> Sin, would you adopt a little tiny cleric beast if it was totally manageable? Uh gonna say yes good oh good little tiny cleric beast puppy actually actually way ahead of you girl okay <laughs> this is like my my ass cheeks are clenched in anticipation <laughs> Thanks, Ooh, do you know ike who 
Richie, could you please tell everyone who Ike is? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Ike is an artist friend of ours who, whenever Sin gets an idea, she uses Mm -hmm. our Patreon money to get Ike to draw it. And then when it's finished, she tells me. Yeah. Yeah. I support this. I will, um, you know what? This is a very substantially used of, uh, Patreon funds. I cannot, um, cite anything wrong with this. Uh, thank you, Mimi. Okay, check your Discord. Oh my god! Yes! Can I make that... Can I make that my icon? Yeah, I drew that, yes! And we actually have a feature in the video yeah. where Rich explains how the cut... Um, what is it? The Chief Hunter Chief Emblem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, yeah, Rich explains how the Chief Emblem works. Mm. Okay, thank you. So now we're going to touch a bit on the cut content some more. Um, Princess Bellevue is asking, so in the old story, we know that they were related to the shadows, but there's, so in the old story, we know that the West, I can't read. Rachel, could you read this, please? So in the old story, we know that they were related. Oh, you have to say we're asking it. Princess Bellevue asks, but not condescending, because I'll cut out the part when I'm screaming at you. Princess Bellevue asks, in the old story, we know that they were related to the shadows, but are they still connected, or is it similar appearance, or to just carry can over? Can I read this? Can I read Mimi, me, yes. Mimi can read this. Okay, so let's do this again. Thank you. Now we're going to talk about some more Wet Nurse Cut content. Could you please read out the next question, Mimi? Absolutely. Princess Bellevue asks, so in the old story, we know that they were related to the shadows, but are they still connected or is the similar appearance just to carry over? In terms of uh, are they connected? Could be. Not in terms of like connected, like, you know, does is Shadows of Yarnum uh, the same person as Marigold's Wet Nurse, but more as a um, Marigold's Wet Nurse is just a play off of the Shadows of Yarnum via Marigold's Little Baby Mind. But uh, what do you guys? What do you, what do you guys think? What do you think, Sin? No. Okay, that's valid. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for your. <laughs> thank you for your input. I really, <laughs> I really, really, I'm so, I'm so honored to 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 just receive these amazing, uh, in depth lore, um, comments like. You just you just don't understand. This is touching the hearts and minds and, and the lives of many. I'm shaping a generation. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the generation at like because this podcast exists, the gen- the next generation is like, you know, fuck it up. Like they're just gonna like really fuck people up. Like they'll be too powerful. They'll they'll just be like another race of superhuman. <laughs> It's like a super saiyan power up. Like they'll just yeah, yeah. It's just like a shonen power up. They listen to your, they listen to your podcast and think about their friends, and all of a sudden they'll be big shonen villain. (laughs) Thank you. Mm. Um, oh Mimi, Mm -hmm. Mimi, could you please read the next question as well? Oh, absolutely. Princess Ship asks, "What's with the extra arms and hunched stance? 
She sort of reminds me of a witch or crone in that way. Is it possible that she was meant to boss? She was meant to boss? <laughs> Is it possible she was meant to be a boss another area before being upgraded to Mirgo's wet nurse? If so, was another boss meant to be fought on the Lunarium up at the top? Uh, and just in parentheses, it says, since she's invisible, <laughs> invisible could she be Odin? Yeah, but those parentheses are going to get you bent. I, I feel like <laughs> if we had been at this, if we'd been operating on this level when we first started, we would have had like an alarm that just went off on the podcast every time Erden was mentioned. <laughs> I can't believe I was I was debating with myself whether I should say shit because like I know like I can literally hear the your fingers tapping on the on the on the desk that you guys are at right now because I uh, I know Odin is like a curse like a curse word at this point like you just. <laughs> We don't. You don't talk about Odin. You don't think about. See no Odin. Hear no Odin. Speak no Odin. That's the rules of this podcast. Um, <laughs> but, anyways. Um, so, do you guys think that um, it's possible? Like, so there's like a thousand parts to this question, but um, <laughs> but I feel again. Once again, I think we did talk about the fact that. Um, the other boss that was meant to be fought yeah, taught um, was that uh, th- um, They say like was another boss meant to be fought on the Lunarium. Um, from what we can tell, like the Lunarium itself was added like for for the wetness, and and initially like it would have been a much taller like the, the tower sort of would have kept going up. And we I don't know what would have been at the top, um, but it looks like they they made the um the the Lunarium by just like hacking like half the tower in half and just like putting a floor over the the sort of like midsection. Confusingly there is artwork of what looks like the fishing hamlet in like pre pre the DLC existing. So it's possible that like maybe you got to the top of the tower and that like connected to some like remnant of the the coastline or something and Cos would have been there. What do you think, Sin? Corvo came and he's like rubbing the microphone and it's super cute and I was paying attention. <laughs> Can you guys hear him? Yes, I could. I when you're talking, I heard him purring. Thank you, Richie. Mimi, from time to time, I throw out a random thank you because then I can edit things in easily, so it looks like I'm paying attention. Valid. I just pay attention to what the wavelengths look on my podcast. <laughs> like I, as I watch the wavelengths go by as I record it, and then I re- I look at what needs to be cut out, what doesn't. So I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Mimi. Did you want to? Did you have anything to add to this? No, I don't think so. No, Richie's like the the, the expert on the yeah. content here, and I appreciate I appreciate that uh, him bringing his uh, big brain knowledge to the the podcast here. Thank you, thank you, Richie. Yeah, thank you, Richie. Oh, oh, I shut the fuck up. Okay. Oh, oh my god. Oh. So the next series of questions have to do with the wet nurse and Mergo. Mimi, since you're so good at this, could you please read out Maddie's question? 
Maddie D242 asked, a wet nurse usually feeds a baby on behalf of or replacing the birth mother. Is Margo's wet nurse nourishing him in some way? And if so, how? I think she's just looking after Margo because, I mean, Margo, Margo's kind of dead. So I don't think you can really nurse Margo. What do you think, Sin? Do you think that the wet nurse is providing a sustenance? Um, yeah, yeah, she's definitely, like, somehow keeping him alive, I think. Well, Mergo's Mergo's the Yarnum Stone, Is Mergo dead when they came into the nightmare? Like, when you you get the third chord, like, that's, that's like, the leftover bits of Mergo. They went in, they went into the chalices, they beat up Queen Yarnum while she was pregnant. Ouch. They removed... Mergo's body from her womb. They took that yeah. back to Mensis <laughs> in the nightmare, and then they used that to beck to try to beckon cause. I guess I'd have to agree with Sin, where it's just like she's definitely like keeping the presence there, but like Mergo's just gone, just gone. Well, Mergo's like a ghost, so like Mergo is Mergo mm-hmm. is ghost is being like trapped there. Like, Mogo can't get out. That's why Yanam's crying outside the, the Lunarium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so like the Wet Nose, I guess, is just, like, keeping Mogo's spirit, like, trapped in the... Tethered. Yeah, tethered, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. And could you please read the next question, Mimi? The Peas and Corns asked... Is the wet nurse an actual great one, or like some theories suggest, a manifestation of Murgo's protected consciousness? There we go. Someone actually throwing that out there. The is it a manifestation of Murgo's protected consciousness? In which case, I think yes, absolutely, it is. Okay. And we touched on the question a bit before as well. Yeah. Um. Okay. And I guess Maglin Amandel has the similar question. Is the wet nurse a distinct entity from Mergo or a manifestation of him? So we kind of answered that as well already. Okay, cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And this section is about the wet nurse's inspiration and design. Uh, Mimi, could you please read the first question? Mm-hmm. Art Divinator Arky asked, so is the wet nurse arms supposed to be referenced to any many-armed Hindu deity? Since she has eight limbs, is she possibly referenced to Atlach, is it Atlach Nacha? I, I, I don't want to butcher that. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, uh, um, not, it's, uh, what is, is, I think it's Clark Ashton Smith. It's like one of, it's not Lovecraft, but it's one of the writers who worked with Lovecraft, like in the same sort of shared space. Mm-hmm. It says a spider deity invented yep. by Ashley Smith, who is part of the Ashley Circle. Yeah. It's not necessarily Eldritch territory. It's more along the lines of just like this thing is inhuman. It doesn't necessarily have to be a reference to um, that specific, uh, the specific spider deity. Otherwise, it probably would have eight arms um, rather than none. But um, as being spoken about before with um, the mar- the manifestation of Mergo's consciousness, um, it could be just like a mishmash, just basically three shadows of Yarnum squashed together. 
Uh, I think it probably is meant to look like a spider because the the spider people, like they're they're referred to as like devotee of death and darkness. So the spider people are probably meant to be like the worshippers of whatever the wet nurse was to begin with, like when they were designed visually. So like um I think I think we talked about this before, but like obviously a human headed spider is like not like you can't like copyright it or something. It's not like a, a massively original concept. But like one of the the books that Miyazaki cites as an influence has a human headed spider in it that looks exactly like Patches. Like it's it looks if you look at them side by side, it just looks like someone drew Bloodborne Patches, like with the the like um stuff around his neck and everything. And the story behind those things in the book is that they worshipped a demon that turned them into spiders. So it could be that, like, when the, the wet nurse is supposed to be, like, this spider deity that they were worshipping and, and it transformed them. But obviously this isn't, like, what they went with in the end. hmm What do you think, Sin? Don't know what these words mean. Thank you. So after two years... Of recording with me, like over and over, it's just become I don't know. I don't fucking know who Ashton Clark Smith is, Richie. Smith. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Oh yes, I read your stuff all the time. Like. <laughs> okay, thank you. And Stormwalker has a question: the wet nurse's design. While wet nurses are usually caretakers and are depicted as figures related to life, why does she look more like a reaper? Is it because Mergo is dead or did she have some cut content? Why does she enter the boss arena from above? I think we, we kind of covered that already that like, yeah, she was designed as a completely unrelated thing. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing I found interesting and I don't think it served as like, inspiration really but i thought it was like interesting is that uh do you guys know about um hidden mother photography no um basically hidden mother photography is a genre of photography common in the victoria era in which young children were photographed with their mother present but hidden in the photograph it arose from the need to keep children still while the photograph was taken due to long exposure times of early cameras the photographs looked like this, and I'll paste you a picture um, in Discord. And like when I saw that, it made me think of the wetness. That's interesting. And I think these are all the questions we had for today. We got through every single one. <laughs> nice. Richie, do the outro. That was a discussion of Mergo's Wet Nurse, a boss that we still don't understand. <laughs> Our guest was Mimi, who also has a Sekiro podcast. Mimi, do you want to tell people where they can find you and your Sekiro podcast? 
Absolutely. Um, on Twitter, where I scream into the void about Sekiro, um, I am lyrical underscore Mimi. Um, in a more structured, in a more structured uh, screaming about Sekiro, I have a podcast called Sekiro Podcast by Twice, and you can find me at Sekiro Podcast. Also, thank you so much for coming, Mimi. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I appreciate this very nice discussion. I appreciate the laughs and the good time we had. Great honor to be here, actually. Thank you. Do you think he could have been Ludwig at any point? I don't know at what point they invented Ludwig. I can explain why he- I can explain how this- the whole church hunter chief thing works. The original idea was that the drops of the Cleric Beast and Gascoin would have been reversed. So Gascoin would have dropped the Hunter Chief emblem. Because Gascoin was the captain of the Church Hunters at that point. So you'd fight Gascoin, he would drop the Hunter Chief emblem that would let you through the Church doors. The Cleric Beast would have opened a different pathway that I think would have, um... No, hang on. Gascoin would have dropped the Hunter Chief emblem. The Cleric Beast, we think, was probably still Father Norbert at that point. Um, so yeah, that that's why, um... Basically... <sighs> After they moved the Cleric Beast to the bridge, and the door behind the Cleric Beast worked, it would have been swapped, so the Cleric Beast was the mandatory boss and Gascoin was the optional one, basically. So you would have been able to go directly from the Cleric Beast through to the chapel. Then when they swapped it around and removed that shortcut, killing Gascoin would have given you the Hunter Chief emblem. No, yeah. Oh god, sorry. Stupid musical bosses. <laughs> the original idea was 
Gascoigne was the captain of the Church Hunters. When you beat him, he would have dropped the Hunter Chief emblem because he was chief. He was the Hunter Chief. That would have let you into the Grand Cathedral Plaza. The Cleric Beast, we don't know because they were still messing around with him, but he would have just been guarding that shortcut. Once you op- once you beat the Cleric Beast, you go through the door behind him and get into Cathedral Ward that way. Basically. Now, can you say all that again, but backwards? 